Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all, wherever you may be. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. This show is broadcast live every Tuesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm pleased to announce tonight that we are going to have a new format this evening for the show. And this is a very good thing because the second hour of What on Earth is Happening will now be picked up by Oracle Broadcasting. And the network is oraclebroadcasting.com. If you'd like to visit that site online, check out all of their great hosts. Um, this uh, came about because the, uh, the Intel Hub radio show uh, was picked up um, for Oracle Broadcasting. They're now doing a show two hours uh, every night from 8 to 10 on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. And uh, I'm going to act uh, in the capacity of a contributor to the Intel Hub radio show on Tuesday night for the second hour of the show. So every Tuesday night, Oracle will be picking up the second hour of this broadcast, and that's great news. What that means for the first hour is that uh, the first hour will run uh, commercial-free. There will be no ads and then we will, uh, be, we will be hearing the network ads during the, uh, the second hour when we're live on Oracle. So uh, I'll be connecting to that network at the top of the second hour, and it uh, should be pretty exciting. It should be interesting. We should probably get some new callers and listeners from, from uh, that network. So it's a good thing all around. Uh, what I want to do before I uh, jump into the topic for this evening is uh, I have the event announcements and the call-in numbers for the show. So I'm going to uh, give the call-in number first. You can call in to 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number 724-444-7444, and the call ID number is 83515. Once again, the call ID for this show, which you will be prompted for after calling the call-in number, is 83515. No taboo topics here on What on Earth is Happening. There never are. Uh, 
at the top of the second hour uh, when I, I am in, after I'm introduced by Bob Tuscan and Shepard, the hosts of the Intel radio show, um, the Intel Hub radio show, um, I'll give the Oracle call-in line. So uh, people will also be able to call in toll-free uh, on the Oracle uh, broadcasting network. Um, check out the show, the, the IntelHubRadio.com, the website. That's the website for the new Intel Hub Radio show on Oracle Broadcasting. TheIntelHubRadio.com is that website. I also uh, want to direct everyone in advance, if they're not already listening through uh, the TalkShoe um, uh, interface on my website, to go up to WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com and uh, click the Radio Listen page. And on that page, you will see images for tonight's show, March 1st, 2011. Um, there you'll find a host of images that you can click on that will come up in a, uh, in a uh, slideshow type format and you'll be able to follow along with the symbolism that we're going to talk about on the show tonight. Tonight's show is going to be an ongoing uh, segment in our series on the usage of symbolism as a methodology of mind control and it's also kind of an initiation into occult symbolism in general. We've been doing this for several weeks, and this will continue for many more weeks to come because I'm going to continue to go over this symbolism in depth. Uh, I have a really ambitious list of symbols to go through tonight. We're going to be looking uh, at the remainder of pinecone symbolism, which we left off on last week, and then we'll be looking at goddess symbolism for the remainder of the show. This... Uh, this type of symbolism may take a couple of weeks to get through. We'll see how it goes. So uh, with that having been said, let's get into the event announcements. I only have two again this week. First of all, the Free Your Mind Conference, Racing Toward Us. It'll be here in just over a month. And uh, everything is on track for it and looking good. Uh, a lot of good response. All the speakers are, uh, are, are a go uh, to, to be part of this great event. So... Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011, at Ruba Hall, 414 Green Street in Philadelphia, PA. The doors open at 9 a.m. Speakers begin at 10 a.m. each day. Admission price, only $20 per day if you get your tickets in advance, $30 per day at the door. There are still plenty of tickets left. People have been asking about that. Plenty of tickets still available. Uh, you could uh, order them in advance. There's still time to get them uh, through the mail that way. Or you could, uh, uh, I could also do, um, if you were to order them in advance uh, through mail, I, uh, through the website, I could um, also keep them at the door. We have a will call at the door as well. But uh, if you decide to come the day of, it's $30 at the door, and there are still plenty of uh, tickets available. For Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th in Philadelphia, PA, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. The featured speakers, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bastiago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yerdozu, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, John Nicholson, 
Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, Paul Marco, and Suzanne Taylor. For more information on the Free Your Mind Conference, check out the conference website at www.freeyourmindconference.com and get your tickets today. Second event announcement and the final one is FedStock 2, the official and the Fed rally for the city of Philadelphia. will be taking place in Philadelphia on April 23, 2011. The theme for this uh, event is Turn Your Back on the Fed and Reduce Your Federal Reserve Note Footprint. This event is organized by Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. It will be taking place on April 23, 2011. Lots of bands are going to play at this. We'll have a, uh, a, I think they're going to have an indoor location this year. I'm not exactly certain about that, but uh, uh, last year they uh, had a concert out on Independence Mall Park uh, uh, lawn at the Visitor Center. So um, not sure if that's what they're planning on doing again or if it's going to be indoors somewhere uh, after some sort of a march. The uh, details are still really to be announced. But for more information on this, you can check out two websites. You can go to www.phillyandthefed.com. That's P-H-I-L-L-Y and the Fed.com. Or you could visit www.truthfreedomprosperity.org, truthfreedomprosperity.org, the great organizers of FedStock 2 and the End the Fed rallies here in Philadelphia. Those are the event announcements I have for today. So let's get right into our topic, which is subversive symbolism and symbolism used as a methodology of mind control. Last week, we were looking at the symbolism of the pine cone, and we left the show off uh, at the end talking about the symbolism at the Vatican of the pine cone, namely the court of the pine cone. Uh, this is, um, you can see these images up on the site. On the radio listen page, pinecone symbolism is listed first. And we left off on, I believe it was image number five in this section, which was the close-up of the rear side of the court of the pinecone with the two peacocks on either side and an empty black sarcophagus at the base of the pinecone statue. These are alchemical symbols. These are mystery tradition symbols. They are symbols of spiritual awakening and the activation of the pineal gland or all-seeing eye, the third eye chakra, the Ajna chakra. The uh, empty sarcophagus represents rebirth to spiritual life and coming out of the grave of materialism and the grave of um, lower consciousness and uh, physical world all there is all there is type thinking. Now, of course, um, these are, that is, what the goal of true religion should be. But these symbols are not shared openly to the public and have been kept secret down through the ages. The Vatican flaunts this spiritual symbolism openly in the light of day at the Vatican and guaranteed you would get no answers if you pressed someone from the church to explain what alchemical and mystery tradition symbolism is doing uh, at the uh, supposed holy ground of the Vatican in what is called the court of the pine cone. 
these this is because these elites and religious leaders who are basically trying to hoard knowledge such as this keep it for themselves so they could use it as a means of control over uh, a populace that basically doesn't know any better and is being kept in the dark uh, doesn't really understand uh, what this symbolism is speaking to um, basically is holding it over their heads and basically flagrantly flaunting it in the light of day and uh, that's how a lot of this type of symbolism works it's hidden in plain sight because they consider that the profane of humanity will uh, not understand it anyway so they could just put it right out there in the open for all to see and it won't even be understood and that is the case if we don't work to build our vocabulary in sacred symbolism and understand how it's being used in the modern world as we've said repeatedly this is a language and to understand a language we have to grasp the basic building blocks or the basic forms in language those are letters in symbolism that's very simple symbolism or archetype and then we move on from there to form uh, grammar words and then syntax sentences connotation and the same is true with symbolism as we move to more complex symbolism specifically symbolism which combines multiple simple uh, symbols to form more complex imagery this is often known as sigils uh, sigils are complex uh, series uh, a series of complex symbols put together uh, simple symbols put together to form a more complex symbol and we'll be looking at those in coming weeks I want to direct your attention to image number six now on the pine cone symbolism section on the website we'll, we'll start there tonight and move forward from that point this is an Egyptian um, relief I believe it's in bronze and this resides now in a museum in Italy in an Egyptian museum in Italy and you can see two entwined serpents um, that are they are basically representing uh, DNA they are in these the double helical shape of DNA and then they culminate at the pine cone which is at the top of a long rod or staff which represented Osiris and the power that Osiris as a creator God in the Egyptian cosmology represented um, what this ultimately represents <coughs> is the transformative power of spiritual awakening and its ability to actually change our makeup as a being even down to the genetic level and I know some people will scoff at that and claim that that is impossible but indeed uh, that is one of the capabilities that lies seemingly dormant in humanity and this uh, staff was known as the staff or the spine of Osiris okay the, it was what it was considered the middle pillar in this form of a tree of life which we've already seen the tree of life symbolism with its three different uh, paths on it well that's what you're seeing here in a different format representing the tree of life which is our genetic structure and is you know all of the the the, the deep essence that ultimately underlies our physical form and that culminates with the rising of this serpentine energy which we talked about as kundalini energy um, in the Vedic chakra system and it culminates with uh, this coming up the spinal column or the middle pillar that's within us and activating the pineal gland in what's known as a kundalini awakening 
Uh, I know that uh, some people have heard about this or read about it. Some people listening may have even experienced the Kundalini uh, experience. Uh, it's pretty uh, unique. It's pretty rare. But uh, it's uh, an energy moving up the spinal column, activating in, in all of the chakras, in the chakra system that we talked about previously on this show, and then coming up to the top of the head or the crown chakra through the pineal gland. So that's what this image represents. And again, it's connected again with awakening, with a deep level of spiritual understanding and uh, coming online, basically, to true spiritual insight or vision, which is what the pine cone ultimately represents. In image number seven, moving forward, we see a depiction of an ancient god. And this is from the uh, Assyrian culture, I believe. Um, This is around the region of Sumeria, or what was known as Babylon in the ancient past. Um, It's also close to the land known as Akkad, where the Akkadian culture uh, lived and developed. I believe this specifically is Assyrian symbology, and this is one of their gods depicted as a flying being with huge wings. He has sort of a representation of a uh, cone on his head, he is uh, depicted as sort of a, um, uh, an alien being, so to speak, so, a being that has capabilities that average humans do not have, the ability to fly. He is holding this pine cone in his hand. The pine cone is, there's different interpretations depending on who interprets this image. The pine cone is either being offered or is being taken. And I guess that would be dependent upon what type of being this was and what they depicted this being as in the ancient past. So was it one of these, quote, gods with a smaller case G that was offering enlightenment, that was trying to share knowledge and and awaken people's pineal glands to awaken their true spiritual insight and vision? Or was it one of the gods who was basically harvesting or attempting to uh, degenerate the ability for someone to awaken and in doing so keep them in control. I mean, I think that both of those scenarios are probably equal, equally as valid because I think there were probably um, advanced beings that interacted with the people of those times and, and geographical locations that were probably on both ends of that spectrum. And that's a much, much more complex and in-depth discussion that we don't have really time to go into here tonight. I'll just uh, put that out on the table. And, you know, in, in your own research, you'll probably come across material if you decide uh, of that nature, if you decide to look into this further and you can come to your own conclusion based on that. But again, the pine cone symbolism goes right back into ancient human antiquity. In image number eight, it's simply a close-up of this same image. It looks uh, to to be in a little bit better contrast, so I included it there for those who may be downloading these images and looking at them on their computer. It just shows a little bit better relief and a close-up of the previous image. So let's move on to image number nine, and this is another Assyrian symbol, except now the being definitively looks uh, alien in nature, and it looks specifically reptilian in nature. Uh, Birds are related to reptiles. They're of the same basic uh, family. Of, of animals, and um, here we see what s- definitively looks like a, a hybridization of some sort between a bird and a reptile, with a, l- a large, sharp beak, again, huge wings, uh, being uh, 
symbolic of, of magical capabilities and also I would suggest flight. I mean, right there pretty openly, it, it suggests it. Uh, we see a symbolic depiction of, again, the tree of life in the Assyrian culture on the right-hand side of this image. And then the being is, once again, with his, uh, his, his bucket, I guess that would represent some sort of a, uh, could also represent gene pool of some kind, okay? Um, I would suggest this, made, this image of this uh, um, uh, container that he is holding in his hand, as you saw in the previous image, might represent uh, genetics of some kind. And the pineal gland here, the pine cone, again, is either being offered or taken. So, again, two different interpretations of that symbolism there, but pretty much no question what that, um, the symbol of the pine cone itself represents uh, as it is being used there. So, if we look at the last two images in this section, this is one of the clearest indicators of pine cone symbolism in general being used to represent spiritual awakening and the opening of the third eye. And of course, this is used in conjunction with Buddhism and Buddhist sim symbolism. Here we see an image of the Buddha or Siddhartha Gautama, and of course, his hairstyle, as he is depicted in many images uh, in the Buddhist tradition, as being conically shaped and also having the uh, swirl pattern of the pine cone uh, on, on his head. Again, this is in the vicinity of the brain and the crown chakra of, of the, uh, the, the chakra system. And you see there also he has the, the uh, bindi there representing the third eye being awakened. And again, that's what pine cone symbolism is ultimately all about. You can see this very clearly and definitively in image number 11, the color image showing uh, a... Um, uh, Statuette, uh, statuette of, um, I believe this is the Bodhisattva of Compassion, if I'm not mistaken, who I think is uh, named Gainan in the Buddhist tradition. Uh, if, uh, uh, if it is some other incarnation of uh, Buddha as he is represented, then I'm not familiar with it. I believe this is the what is known as the Bodhisattva of Compassion statue. And again, clearly here we have the pine cone symbolism on the head depicted on the statue of this variant of Buddha. Again, the one who awakened is what the name Buddha means, and that's what the pine cone symbolism represents, spiritual awakening, used right there in religious symbolism. That one's pretty clear because Buddhism does specifically talk about spiritual awakening and awakening to your true essence and the, the true nature of self. So, um, no surprise that it's being used in that capacity. What I want to do now is shift gears and uh, change the topic of focus to a different form of symbolism in general. Again, the pine cone symbolism was a holdover from last week. We're, we are going to begin looking tonight into goddess symbolism and the ways that this symbolism is used. And it's... Um, there's basically going to be four different categories of goddess symbolism that we're going to look at tonight. We'll be looking at the symbolism of the illuminated torch. Again, another symbol of enlightenment and knowledge. Okay? If you look at the second section of images there on the website, you will see the first image in that section is a basic representation, a stylized representation of 
the illuminated torch. Now, this symbol is used by light and dark occultists, both. And it's a dual symbol because dark occultists also consider that they have light because light in basic systems of occultism, regardless of whether they are uh, ser- whether they serve humanity or whether they seek to enslave humanity, uh, always generally depict light in its capacity as knowledge. That's what we're, when we see the flame on this illuminated torch, that's what it really represents is the flame of knowledge, of wisdom, of, of understanding, okay? And um, light is a way shower in the darkness, okay? That's, what, that's where the symbolism is derived from. A torch will show you the way when otherwise you would not be able to see, okay? So this is connected with goddess symbolism, as we will see coming up in the next several images. And the way that it's connected with goddess symbolism, to understand how ancient this goes back, this symbolism, is if we look at the goddess tradition in general, which we already have on this show many times, specifically when we looked into the tarot tradition, which is all about the goddess and her symbolism. But um, we also looked at it when we looked at astrotheology, because we need to understand that the goddess plays an important role in astrotheology as the bearer of the light, of the, the god, um, savior, who is the sun in astrotheological traditions. Again, the goddess figure represents the moon or the night sky, or I should say, and the night sky. Uh, we also saw her in her variant as the galaxy or the cloak of stars itself, okay, the entire Milky Way galaxy. Basically, she is all of these things. She is the void of potentiality, the womb of creation. She is the cloak of night, uh, the goddess of night uh, herself. Uh, she is the, um, uh, the moon, and she is the bearer of the sun uh, at, the, at the end of the darkness of night and the beginning of the day or the dawn. Okay? She bears the sacred child uh, who, who, after he has done battle with the darkness, the, the god of darkness in different traditions is then resurrected to continually restore and continue to bring life and light to the world. And again, this is the foundational basis for Christianity as we saw in our studies of astrotheology. Um, image number two in this section shows an incarnation of this goddess from uh, ancient times. Her name in the Sumerian culture was Semiramis. Semiramis is seen there depicted uh, in a couple of different incarnations. The one on the right shows her holding the small child Tammuz. And this is not a depiction of Mary and Jesus, as one might think. Uh, goddess symbolism as a protective mother is an ancient archetype. This is nested way into the human subconscious, and we see it in many different traditions throughout the ages, specifically in Sumerian or um, Babylonian culture, down through Egyptian cosmology, into Roman times, into the, the, right up into the modern day, which we'll talk about how the goddess symbolism is used in our culture. Okay, so on the left there, you see a, a rendering of the goddess holding the, um, uh, the chalice 
and the cross, and she has the illuminated rays of the moon uh, on her crown there because she is uh, representing the bringer of illumination, okay? The sacred feminine force, which is ultimately opening up the right brain hemisphere to um, the, the balance that is required to understand the true essence of self. And this is what spiritual awakening is all about, hence the goddess being a depiction of light in general or awakening. Now, again, we're going to see the positive and the dark side of this symbolism on tonight's show, depending on how far we get through it. But um, I want to try to, in the, next one, in the section that we're going to talk about goddess symbolism in relationship to the dove, uh, the dove, you know, the white bird, the dove, um, I want to uh, highlight in that section the really uh, esoteric nature of the goddess symbolism and what it really represents as far as the internal qualities of, uh, you know, of consciousness. Uh, because that's critical to understand that this is not an external symbol of an actual goddess. This is about a quality of being, ultimately, is what it is about. And there are different connotations to that. Again, as I said, there's a light side and a dark side to that, and that's what I'm going to hopefully get people to understand. That symbolism is not one thing, it's dual, just like the occult is not one thing. There is a duality to it, inherent to it, because it is simply knowledge that can be used for good or ill. So if we look at image number three here, we'll see a uh, classical depiction of the Statue of Liberty, which is goddess symbolism in our culture. Here you can clearly see the um, uh, similarities to uh, Semiramis in the image before with the uh, rays of the, uh, the, the moon on her crown there, okay, and holding the illuminated torch representing the light bearer. She gives birth to the sun. Essentially, that's what the torch represents. So this is lunar and solar cult symbolism. This is all astrotheological symbolism. Now, this uh, image was given by Masons, by Freemasons, uh, from France to the United States uh, as thanks, I, I, I would say, as um, a gesture that um, what they were basically doing is, uh, it, was, it was a nod from French Freemasons to American Freemasons, and specifically uh, to honor the, the kind of uh, influence that America had in the French Revolution. And I don't look at the Statue of Liberty as other researchers do as something that is dark or negative. Okay, Now I know some people may find that uh, surprising or they may uh, be disappointed by that. I think that this is a positive sign and I think that it represents the light side of the goddess, not the dark side of the goddess. We'll look at the dark aspects of the goddess later on, and I'll point out where I believe dark goddess symbolism is specifically in use. Uh, this, I believe, does represent the, 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 the true hope of human freedom in a true capacity. Uh, that is the way I prefer to look at it, um, and I don't look at this as being the dark representation of the goddess, as, again, some researchers do. Uh, where I see dark goddess symbolism is in sacrifice rituals, the goddess being slain or killed, okay? 
So what I would say is one of the things that you might have to watch in the future is some form of a um, deliberate effort to try to somehow um, uh, damage or do something to a symbol like this uh, as a, an attack on the essence or spirit of freedom. This would be a great uh, place for a false flag to take place, which would nest into the human subconscious as it did on 9-11 when they attacked other icons of, of America. And uh, as we will see, they attacked the symbolic tree of life, okay, and human consciousness in general. Of course, it, it has to be an attack on human consciousness to, to wield fear into the public so that they're willing to give up their freedoms. That's what all false flag attacks are about. But um, in this specific uh, example, um, I think this is a positive image of human, true human freedom that is born through knowledge, that is born through grasping knowledge, connection to the light. That's what you're seeing here. You're seeing an illuminated one connected to the light, okay, which is the, the, the true nature of spirit, okay, and she is the, the goddess that represents the spirit of freedom. That's what, that's what ultimately it's about. <clears throat> of course, that symbolism can also be perverted like any other. But um, the Statue of Liberty specifically is, a, is, of course, a reference to Semiramis. It's a reference to Isis. Okay? It's an analog to Isis, to Mary, to Diana, and any num other number, a host of god goddesses uh, down through the ages. If we look at image number four, here we will see all of the um, wow. astrotheological cults combined in this image. We'll, we will see all of the qualities of self combined in this image as well if we read deeper into it. So we have the goddess herself. She represents the moon or the lunar cult of astrotheology as we've already discussed. She's holding and bearing, okay, giving birth to, okay, the solar symbolism of the illuminated torch, representing knowledge and connection to higher self or spirit. And the pedestal stands upon a, a star, okay? So this is stellar cult symbolism. The torch representing solar symbolism, the goddess herself lunar symbolism, and then the pedestal um, uh, stellar symbolism, okay? Because again, the night sky—that's the foundation. That's the biggest framework. The stars, okay? We're, we're, we're talking about huge cosmological, um, you know, uh, groupings of stars here, okay? Uh, that's what the, the universe is essentially made of: stars and star matter, okay? Um, then above that, you have the the um, night sky and the moon symbolism representing that which finally paves the way for the bearing of the light or the true uh, essence, which is represented by solar symbolism, okay? Uh, which the goddess was always said to give birth to in every ancient tradition about the goddess. Let's look at some other ways that the illuminated torch is used in modern culture, okay? So the last few parts of uh, this section, the... Uh, goddess is depicted here in the same colors that Mary is often depicted. We see in image number five, that's the, uh, that's the uh, symbology, the, the symbolism that is used for Columbia Pictures, the motion picture company. 
um, the goddess standing again on a pedestal of stairs, robed in white robes, blue often being the uh, the over garment color representing the, the the color of the sky, dark blue. Okay, and there she's holding the illuminated torch in her right hand, similar to the Statue of Liberty. Another depiction of Diana or Semiramis um, or Isis or Mary. Okay, and <clears throat> Specifically, let's look at the name, which we talked about briefly before. This is Columbia Pictures. Okay? Columbia is named from the French derivation of this goddess's name. Uh, the dove is another symbol for the goddess, as we've already said, and we'll be looking into later tonight. The French word for dove is colum, and it's a, very similar to this in other languages as well. But Kalum, C-O-L-O-U-M-B-E, Kalum, in French. That means dove in the French language. So <clears throat> taking it over into English, that's where we derive the name Columbia. Okay, And we're going to see how the name Columbia is used over and over again in this tradition. And we'll look at that a little bit more when we get to uh, the dove symbolism, but I want to just talk, you know, briefly mention that right now. Uh, if we look at image number six, we see the illuminated torch uh, on the back of a dime, okay? Uh, and also, this is specifically chosen for its reference to the number 10, okay? 10 is often used in conjunction with the illuminated torch, and there's a reason for this, and it has to do with another aspect of how the occult works. And again, people who are looking at this from a left brain perspective will be sorely disappointed and not really get much from this, but I've already given that warning before. We have to understand that the occult is all about associative thinking. It is not about linear, left-brained, um, logical-only thinking. It is about uh, cross-associations, okay? It is about establishing relationships, that is what occult thinking is about. And again, it doesn't matter whether you think this way or not. People who are in extreme positions of power and influence think this way. That's largely how they got to the level that they were at because they see patterns. And whether they use the knowledge to do something that's good or to basically take more and more control and subvert human freedom, again, it's all about the ability in and of itself to be able to see and do things with information and come to conclusions, accurate conclusions, based on said information. And that's pattern recognition. This is what knowledge is. It's simply a means. It's not an end. Okay? As I've always said, knowledge is only the first step. Putting it into action is what we really have to do, and we have to do that in the right capacity, on the side of moral rights. Clearly, dark occultists don't do that. They're you know, on the wrong side of the equation because they don't really have the capacity to feel. They're psychopathic in nature. And um, <clears throat> uh, ju just highlighting here that the occult is symbolic thinking and it is associative thinking. And we have to try to open our minds to this and understand how it works. So one way is through associative language, or as I've called it before on this show, is green language. Now, here's an example of how um, occult green language or symbolic language is used in conjunction with the dime. The dime represents 
10, okay, 10 cents, okay? Now, 10 is a variant of Aten, okay? Aten, the solar god of Egypt, as we talked about in the astrotheology section. Therefore, solar cult is going to use the symbolism of Aten, or the light bringer in the Egyptian culture, to represent anything associated with 10, the number 10, okay? It is also the two numbers that represent basic binary code, on-off, light day, dark light, okay? Day-night, okay? Good-evil. Binary or polarized uh, forms, okay? One-zero, okay? the male combined with the female, the one being the phallic shape and the, the zero being the egg shape, okay? The masculine essence and the feminine essence. Ten, if you look at it on the dime, you'll see the illuminated torch. Look at a $10 bill, okay? There's the illuminated torch next to Alexander Hamilton's face, another agent of occultists in the United States during its formative years, okay? But there is the symbol of illumination, put there more likely than not by dark illuminists, okay? Talking about people who look at themselves as those who have the light and they're in control of the monetary system. They don't have any real light. They're people who are calling themselves the, the, uh, those who have the light. They have no such thing. Okay? People who are really truly spiritually awake are those who have the light and who bear it into the world, not these dark occultists who are running the monetary system and putting the symbol of their so-called enlightenment on money, on fake money at that. You know, the fake one eye and illumination. Oh, here's, here's the symbol of illumination, spiritual enlightenment and the opening of the third eye on fake one eye or fake moan eye money. Okay? And it represents Aten, the solar essence, okay? the solar disk in Egyptian cosmology. Um, Again, that's wordplay. Wordplay falls just as easily into occult symbolism as do the forms. Okay, so we have to understand this as associative um, language or what is known as green language in the occult. Um, Amico, the next uh, logo here in image number seven, Amico Gasoline, American Oil Company, okay, uh, using the two colors of red and blue in their logo. We've talked about those colors before, how red is a play uh, or an, associate, uh, an association with the left brain, blue in association with the right brain. Okay? Combining those gives you green in the color spectrum of light. Of course, purple in pigment, but I'm talking about if we look at the visible spectrum of light, all the way to the left there's the reds, to the right there's the blues, Okay, when you go up toward higher frequencies, lower frequent, below lower frequencies of light, you get the infrared, and above the visible spectrum toward the blue range, you get ultraviolet. However, um, <clears throat> these represent the two opposing polarities with white in the middle here, okay, representing enlightenment, and the torches in the middle comprised of both of them, okay, the blue being the handle and the red being the flame, all right, <clears throat> also depicting that we need to open our minds through the right brain in order to give birth to the flame, okay, 
or the awakened uh, self represented by the flame of the torch. And this is all, all of this archetypal symbolism goes right into your subconscious mind when it's used in the capacity to uh, um, advertise like this. And they, the people using it understand this. They know it. They're, they're, they totally understand how that works. And that's why they're selling you something through their gasoline logo that they know you don't have, which is spiritual enlightenment. It's a mockery, ultimately. Okay? <clears throat> also selling you on the idea of freedom, which is what the torch represents, because freedom will only come through spiritual enlightenment. So they're selling you that idea. <laughs> gasoline isn't going to free you from anything. As a matter of fact, it creates more dependency and war and imperialism and all the other host of problems that go along with it, environmental degradation, uh, you name it. Okay, so again, another example of the capacity to sell you something through symbolism that they know you're lacking in reality. And, and no better example of this than image number eight, the last image in this section, which is Sovereign Bank's logo. Now, Sovereign Bank here is giving you the image of the illuminated torch bathed by the rays of the sun. Okay, the sun here depicted as the light, all of the rays coming out of the torch, the symbol of spiritual illumination combined with the word sovereign or self-reign, single reign, rulership of self, rulership of the one, being an internal monarch as we talked about in our section on natural law. Sovereignty true rulership of self, of the kingdom of self, becoming a being that as you think, so you feel, so you act, no internal opposition between, uh, between the facets of your own consciousness and you exist in a state of true non-duality in consciousness. Okay? <clears throat> and they're selling you this as a bank, in an imagery representing a bank. You're not going to become sovereign by putting your money in, in their bank. You're not going to become sovereign by interacting with this financial institution in any way. You're not going to receive the light by interacting with them. But you'll get all of those ideas subconsciously from the symbolism, and that's what it's intended to do. Again, selling you something that they know you don't have. They know 99.999% of people on this planet don't, hardly ever used the word sovereignty let alone understand what it really is or live that way, okay? So they're selling this idea back to you through the, the uh, advertising of, the, of an institutional body that has absolutely nothing to do with these concepts in reality, and that's exactly what it's designed to do. It nests all of those ideas, all of those relationships and correspondences into the subconscious mind so then people will... Uh, associate all of those things with their institution. That's what it's designed to do. Okay? So, let's move right along from, from there. Let's go into the symbolism of the owl. Okay? Because we have a lot to go through tonight. And I want to get through at least half of this before we uh, join the Oracle Broadcasting uh, Network in the second hour. Okay? So, in image number one, we see here a very simple depiction of a predatory owl which is one of the favorite symbols of the dark occult. And here we're getting into dark goddess symbolism. Now, let me see if I can communicate this effectively of, of what the owl is all about and why it's used in dark occultism. The dove, or the white 
bird, okay, of purity, is depicted as the light form of the goddess. Ultimately, what the goddess represents within us is care. Okay? It is the sacred feminine components of consciousness, which is care, the heart, the right brain, compassion, okay? willingness to accept truth and understanding and, and, and to seek knowledge. That's what the right brain or the sacred feminine uh, components of consciousness are all about. All right? That's traditionally depicted in goddess symbolism as the white dove, which we're going to look at in a little bit. I want to look at the dark side of goddess symbolism for, for the moment, and that's the owl. And this is basically when care has gone dark. That's what this represents. That's what the owl represents. The owl is associated and corresponds with the night or the darkness because the owl is a predatory bird who thrives in the dark. Its eyesight or its vision, what it is capable of seeing, is superior to those who it preys off of. Okay? Its prey cannot see it in the dark, generally, while the owl can clearly see it. It has superior night vision. The owl is also associated with wisdom, which the dark occultists... They don't have true wisdom, but they have knowledge, okay? The, owl, the wise old owl, okay? See where, where we're going with this symbolism? Why they choose the owl? The owl is generally in different cultures depicted as a bird that is wise, that is old, that dates to antiquity. It's been around for tens of thousands of years, okay? And... The dark occult is working with ancient knowledge. Ancient knowledge of the human psyche and how it works. And in doing so, they are in a position to see things which the general public, who is unaware of the dynamics of the human psyche and their psychological conditions and motivations, uh, who, who they do not see. The general public does not see any of these facets. So, therefore, the elite look at themselves as a predator. Predators. Okay, we talked about predators as being predators. Those who are from the very ancient past that have knowledge from antiquity about how the human psyche works. And this is what they exploit. That's what the occult is. Okay? And that's what the owl symbolically represents. A predatory animal that can see its prey in darkness, under the cover of darkness, when its prey cannot see it in the darkness. And that perfectly represents the situation that humanity is in. We can't see the, the dominator force that has it in its grip because our sight is not as good as them, specifically our sight to see the dark side, to see the human capacity for evil and how it has run amok in this world, okay? Um, also, a bird flies, okay? Now, an owl is not known for its superior flight capability, all right? But generally, birds are at a higher level. They exist way above the ground. This is also symbolic, all right? They can see a wide area. 
They can see things all around them. When people who exist on the ground, meaning a lower level of consciousness, can barely see in front of them. They certainly don't have the wider vision of something like an owl, or any bird for that matter. Okay, so the, the owl represents a higher level of knowing, okay? Not necessarily wisdom knowing, true wisdom knowing, but at least a higher level of understanding from a point of view of what's actually taking place, all right? And a predatory animal that can see its prey when its prey cannot see it, and it's, it's also carnivorous, it's meat-eating, okay? Which means it's, it devours its prey, okay? It eats its prey. And that's a perfect example of what the elite of this planet really are, a perfect example of the dark occultists that are really running the show, and that's why they use it as their symbol. Here we see the owl in uh, image number two is the logo of the Bohemian Club, which is what the B and C represent here. Now, Bohemian Grove is not something we've... We talked about it a little bit when I interviewed Neo as part of the show on satanic ritual abuse, which was a divergence from our normal topics of discussion to do that special interview. And um, image number two here shows the Bohemian Club, which we talked about briefly during that show. Uh, I believe that was uh, show number 17. Um, this is a gathering of elite uh, power brokers that happens yearly in California, um, about 70 miles north of San Francisco at a place uh, in a redwood grove called Bohemian Grove, okay? And uh, the Bohemian Club is uh, an exclusive membership of these power brokers, and it includes many high-level dark occultists that meet here yearly to basically hash out plans uh, for, you know, what, what they're going to do in the coming weeks and months. And um, their symbol is, of course, an owl. Again, a symbol of the dark occult and a symbol of uh, the predatory nature of these elitists. In image number three here, we see the owl... Uh, shown in a stone relief at the Bohemian uh, Grove. And uh, around it, uh, depicted, depicting the serpentine Ouroboros symbol, but depicted as a, a belt with a buckle, okay? Uh, in that belt around the owl and the letters BC for Bohemian Club, it says the, um, the motto of the Bohemian Club, which is, Weaving Spiders Come Not Here. This is supposed to represent weaving spiders come not here. It's supposed to represent that the Bohemian Club is supposed to be a retreat, okay? And it is supposed to serve these power brokers in the capacity that they can go there and rest and relax and not deal with all of the cares that plague them as they run the world uh, for the rest of the year where it's, they can just basically get away for a time. Uh, if you believe that, I have several bridges for sale. Please contact me through my site, and uh, I could uh, sell you one for a very good bargain. Um, you would imagine that elite power brokers at the highest levels of finance, religion, government, and every other institution in the world, media, etc., would not, if they are getting together all in the same place, uh, 
do some weaving as spiders, okay? Would not weave some webs together. If you believe that, your level of naivete is absolutely dumbfounding. And I stress the word dumb. So good luck with that if you believe that doesn't happen at the Bohemian Grove. We've already talked about what some of their uh, mentality and mindset and showed uh, some of their rituals and some of the images back in podcast number 17. Which, by the way, um, all of the podcasts for the show, as always, are uh, up on the website. They're always free. Uh, there's 48 of them up there so far. This is show number 49. Uh, Whatonearthishappening.com and click the podcast tab. Great resources and, informa- and information on that page. Uh, dating back to when I first started the show. So make use of that as a resource. Um, Image number four shows another variant of the Bohemian Grove's symbolism with some uh, dates of some uh, big meetings of the Grove and its membership, uh, again, there with the, uh, the, the owl and the moon behind it, again, because this is goddess symbolism. We're going to get to why this is goddess symbolism. I think I'll leave that for the Uh, second hour. Uh, We're approaching the top of the hour. I'm going to get ready in about a a minute or a minute and a half to connect into Oracle Broadcasting, and then you won't hear me speaking for a little bit just to prepare you for what to expect, um, because Bob, Tuscan, and Shepard will be introducing introducing the the show tonight, and um, uh, they'll they'll basically be bringing me on in the the, uh, first after the first segment of the second hour. So you'll be hearing the Intel Hub radio coming up in a few minutes, and uh, then, I'll, then I'll be introduced, and the, uh, they'll play my intro music again, and we'll start in with the second hour of the show. Just to wrap things up, here in image number four in the owl section, you again see the uh, phrase, weaving spiders come not here, and again, the moon symbolism is used in conduct- conjunction with the owl because in, in uh, ancient goddess religions, specifically in Sumerian goddess worship, um, this um, owl was often a symbol for the dark incarnation of the goddess, meaning that care had basically waned, or at least true care had basically waned, and this form of predation and not ultimately caring took over the being. And again, as we see, this is a perfect uh, symbolic analog for the elites, and they do indeed relish it, and they revel in it, as we'll see in the next section. I'm going to make the connection to Oracle Broadcasting and sit tight. Um, we'll pick up uh, more about the symbolism of the owl in hour number two. Here we go, folks. You have reached the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network call-in line. After the beep, please say your name and where you're calling from, and the on-air host will take your call momentarily. Mark Passio from What on Earth is Happening. Actually, we'll do our regular intro thing that we did. Okay. Any illusions in the modern-day monetary system and how it has been used and purposely displayed is fully revealed. Purchase your two-DVD disc copy today at PowerOfTheFirstMovie.com. Again, that's PowerOfTheFirstMovie.com. Hold on, i got to reset this call. Oh, great, 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 great.
law. Who's that caller? I don't know. It's probably Mark. And welcome back to the Intel Hub Radio Show. I'm Bob Tuscan. And I'm Shepard Ambellis. Man, that was a great uh, interview with Cassandra Anderson, Bob, uh, you know, on the Montana yeah, issue. I got uh, a huge uh, New World, anti New World Daughter geek crush on her, man. She's got a lot of interesting information and talks about stuff that's right up my alley. When you're talking about growing a garden, when you're talking about solutions, when you're talking about Monsanto, this stuff yeah. is just stuff that I'm interested in. I don't know about you guys. Well, forget about you. I do this show because I like to interview these people. No, I'm joking. Uh, I do these shows because I hope that we can see change in the world in which we live in. And I think that uh, these programs are absolutely necessary, especially in these serious times. As long as we have communications, the Internet, and so, so on, I'm going to be making the best of them. I'm going to be using them until it all goes down. And I'm going to be doing everything I can. And I say this a lot. If I wasn't uh, facing in my lifetime for my children's children, uh, the battles that we see today when it comes to false flag terrorism, Monsanto, you name it, I wouldn't have to do this. I don't do this for my ego or for fame. Yeah. I do this because I, out of the bottom of my heart, I feel like I need to do something. Otherwise, yeah. I would have no hair. And as you know, folks, if you've seen some of the videos I have, I have lots of hair, and it's nice and curly, and it's uh, beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know... This is this whole issue with the chemtrails, the the aluminum resistant seeds, the the food. I mean, what what a what a whole masterminded concoction of of you know compilation of stuff the New World Order just mixed together and they're just integrating and integrating. Uh, you know, they they just totally plan on dominating society uh, with the the ultimate outcome. I mean, what do you... Was what that a you, question? Well, no, but I mean... Sorry. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just totally dominating, uh, well, you know, on things. And, and uh, you know, it's going to take, like like you guys were talking about, growing your own gardens. I need to get out and do well, that. Well, it's going to take a lot more than know. that, Chef. I mean, let's, not, let's be real here, folks. If you think that growing a well, garden is going to bring down these sick child molesters, you've got to know what if it is. It's that. I'm not telling you not to do it. It's the definite step, but it's not. Well, it's more like protection for yourself so you don't have to eat their garbage, you know what I mean? You you can guarantee that you're eating an heirloom product. That's true. It's also very healthy. There's a lot of nutrition. Coming up next, folks, on the Intel Hub Radio is our good friend Mark Passio. Visit the IntelHubRadio.com to read his bio. 
He has a program that we bring to our listeners every Tuesday called What on Earth is Happening with Mark Passio. What on Earth is Happening is his website. Yeah. This is going to be a regular thing. Every second hour on Tuesday on the Intel Hub Radio Show on Oracle Broadcasting, Mark will be featuring a different discussion on mind control, the occult, solutions, you name it. He's an absolute wealth of information. I look yeah. forward to hearing him every Tuesday, and you will as well. I'm really looking forward to tonight's show. He'll be talking a little bit more about astrotheology and the occult and all of the good stuff right. that you're used to hearing from Mark Passio. So yeah. don't go anywhere. That's coming up next. What on Earth is happening? I'm Bob Tuscan. And I'm Shepard Ambellis. And, you know, we're also going to have other contributors on throughout the week. Trevino One, Scott Bug. So you guys are going to have to tune in. But uh, don't forget to check out the Jack Blood interview. It's at the Oracle Broadcasting.com archive. And it's going to be posted at the Intel Hub Dot com that I did earlier with Jack Blood on chemtrails. Uh, some groundbreaking information. Check it out. You're listening to the Intel Hub Radio Show. Mark, are you with us, buddy? Yes, I am, Bob. All right, I hope the talk show audience is looking forward to your debut on Oracle Broadcasting, a much larger audience. We'll start that in just a moment here. I thank you all for bearing with us as we make the transition. And Mark Passio is a wealth of information, as I said. And, Mark, you got a lot of good stuff I'm sure you got into on the first hour. I'll have to go back into the archives. That's the beauty of doing these shows and recording them. And uh, I'll listen to that and see what you had to say. And I'm sure this hour is going to be great. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, uh, be with you on the chat in case uh, you're, you know, I'll give you a little warning maybe that uh, there's a break coming up while we get uh, used to the new break schedule. And uh, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you in about a month. It's coming up so fast, man. I free your mind, yep. Bob, thanks so much for all your help, man. Not a problem, dude. My pleasure. You know, what was going on wasn't going on. I wouldn't have to do this. But so today, it's, you know, we've got to step up to the plate, as you say, that uh, it's not enough just to learn about this stuff. There comes a time when you have to get out there and talk about it. And that's uh, what the third part of the trivium is all about. Uh, and uh, we brought that up in, in great depth on the show I did recently on the trivium. Check that out. Uh, the trivium show that I did on my last official episode of Truth Be Told Radio. It's sad, but uh, hey, it's uh, new beginnings, a bigger audience. It should be a lot of fun, and I think you guys are going to like the Oracle Broadcasting listening family. All right, so stand by. we got another 30 seconds here for commercials, and we'll get to what on earth is happening with Mark Passio, now teaming up with the Intel Hub Radio Show every Tuesday for the second hour. On Oracle Broadcasting. Amanita Nistaria, San Pedro Taxis, Salvia Divinorum, High Kratom, and much, much more. So order now through our website, truthfrequencyradio.com, by clicking on the banner. Your order will be shipped securely, and your information is always kept safe and confidential. 
And by ordering through TwoFrequencyRadio.com, not only will you get the best customer service on the planet, but you'll also be supporting the show. So don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, tap into the True Frequency every Saturday at 10 o'clock Central on Oracle Broadcasting, TruthFrequencyRadio.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Intel Hub radio show. And tonight we're joined with our contributor, Mark Passio, as with every Tuesday on the program for the second hour. Tonight's show is a contribution on the usage of the occult symbolism in modern culture. I will, he will be explaining uh, specifically the goddess symbolism tonight, the goddesses. Yeah, that's right, the goddesses. All right, folks, here we go. What on earth is happening? Here we go. Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got the groove on freedom. Because both sets. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the open cult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome all of the new listeners on Oracle Broadcasting. It's a pleasure to be here with you. My name is Mark Passio, and this segment is called What on Earth is Happening? I'll be here every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. as a uh, contributor to the Intel Hub radio show uh, with Bob Tuscan and Shepard, and I want to thank those guys wholeheartedly for uh, inviting me to be a part of this. Uh, My show is live every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. The first hour is broadcast through my website, whatonearthishappening.com. And then, of course, here uh, at 9 p.m., the second hour will be picked up by Oracle Broadcasting, and um, we'll, uh, we'll basically be looking at topics that focus on the underlying causal factors of what is really occurring in our world and what creates those conditions. That's what this show is ultimately all about. For those of you who may not be familiar with my material, you can check out my website. Lots of videos up there, 48 podcasts from the shows that I have already done, and I I hope uh, you guys will follow me and um, basically uh, 
learn a thing or two from the website and um, keep listening here every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. With that having been said, um, what we were talking about in the last hour, uh, basically for all the listeners who uh, joined me through my website and the TalkShoe Network, was the usage of subversive symbolism. And this is part of an ongoing um, series of programs that I've been doing on symbolism, occult symbolism in specifically. Now, when we talk about the word occult for the new listeners, what we mean by that simply is hidden. The word occult derives from the Latin. The verb occultare in Latin means to hide or to conceal. When people hear the word occult, uh, they often have a negative connotation of it right off the bat because they have been conditioned into thinking that that word is uh, equivalent to evil and always means evil or negative, and that is not the case. That is what dark occultists want people to think. They want people to think that because if they think that the word occult means evil and associate it with that concept always, they will never look into what teachings and what information and knowledge occult um, philosophies do actually contain, okay? And in refusing to do so, they will be more easily controlled by those who do understand that information because what that information ultimately is all about is knowledge of how the human psyche works. It's knowledge of how we work and operate. It's ancient knowledge about the human psyche. That's what the occult is. Now, that having been said, all it is is knowledge. Knowledge in and of itself is neither good nor evil. It is simply knowledge. What determines whether it serves us or whether it works against us and ultimately enslaves us is what we do with it. So if we learn this occult information and then share it widely, information that has been occulted in the past, meaning hidden, and we bring it to the light of day, meaning we make it not occult. We decloak it. We unveil it. We bring it forward into the light of day so that it can be seen, understood, and integrated by your average human being. And in doing so, they learn more about their internal makeup. In the internal world of the psyche, of the human psyche, which is what is ultimately creating the seeming external reality that we experience. See, that's what ultimately this is all about. That's why the, the, the hidden knowledge that I'm sharing on this program is so important because it's all about what's going on inside of us ultimately, as we will see going forward uh, in the weeks and months to come on this show. Uh, you'll, you'll get a better picture of this if you visit my site at whatonearthishappening.com. And again, this show is a tapestry. Okay, so we're, we're picking up in the middle of a very complex topic, which we've already explored in depth for many weeks. So new listeners, understand that, that uh, this is a tapestry of information, and it would serve you well to uh, check out the podcasts on my site, which are available for download for free. It's the, the archive of all of my uh, former shows. And if you uh, start from the beginning there, I know it's a lot of information, you will be caught up with that tapestry of information 
as I have uh, attempted to present it and lay it out uh, to the listening audience. And in, in, um, in going back and listening to those archives, you'll get a, a very accurate picture of what we do here on the show and uh, will be doing as we go ahead. So what I want to do right now is jump right back into the discussion of symbolism. And what we were talking about in the previous hour was symbolism related to the goddess and ancient goddess traditions. We had already looked at the symbolism of the illuminated torch, which represented knowledge and wisdom and represented spiritual insight and spiritual vision. And we saw how that was used in conjunction with the Statue of Liberty. We saw how it was used on uh, logos such as uh, uh, Amico Gasoline. We saw how it was uh, subversively used in, in advertising, like in, in gasoline logos or in uh, bank logos. We also saw um, how it was used in, uh, in um, movie houses such as Columbia Pictures. And um, what we did is then shifted gears and started to look into owl symbolism. And that's what mm -hmm. we're going to do right after this break, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back right here on Oracle Broadcasting. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Only on the Intel Hub Radio Show. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listen to podcasts. Hey, Mark. Lectures, hey, Bob. And I don't know if you're planning on taking calls, but if you could just give out the number for the... Um, Absolutely. I got it for right the, here. the uh, Oracle one. The 866 number. Yeah, and that way we don't have the complication of having... Uh, to give out the uh, long talk show one. No problem. I will just run with the uh, Oracle for the second hour from now on. With that, with cool. That Sounds good, man. You got it, man. For yeah. All right, cool, bro. I'm, I'm enjoying it, and uh, I think this is going to be good for both audiences. Absolutely. This is behind the scenes for the talk show folks. Are there folks in the chat listening to the show? Yeah, there's a few people in there, not too many. I think there's like uh, three people in the talk show chat. So, so you know, that light. talk show stuff never got hot, did it? It's a light night there, but, uh, you know, some people listen all the time from there. And it is what it is. Around the world. Well, wherever you listen, it's not about where, it's about uh, the quality of information Lots that you get. Right. Micro plant powder. Oh, micro plant powder is rich. All right, well, cool. And uh, we have about uh, a minute left. Could you hear the music, Ben? Or I was just about to message you. I was looking for your Skype. I can hear it when it comes in. It's fairly low, but I'll, I can pick up on it. And just, and just know, based on the, uh, the graph, Constantly right. where it's going to be, right? Yes. Science, quality, and rapid shipping anywhere. And we offer oh. free shipping on orders over $95 in the U.S. Your next break uh, is at... Um, or call 908 908-691-3608. The next one after that is 44. And oil can do for you at hempusa.org. 3915-44. Extend your life. We had a good first hour, man. Cassandra Anderson. My doctors tried everything. Oh, yeah? I had much success. What was the topic? Talked about uh, GMO crops yeah. and this whole thing with uh, Monsanto, making it so that uh, the liability from farmers is totally uh, no longer there. And uh, Taylor Griffin covered it and a few others. Pretty interesting show. 
I want you to know extent life works. Anyways, 30 seconds. Here we go. Coming back. What on earth is happening? You can. Now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Wait for the music to play for a couple seconds before you start talking. You got 928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Radio X. With your host, Jimmy X. Sundays at noon on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network as a part of a contributorship to the Intel Hub radio show every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Before we jump into the topic, which was goddess symbolism, and we were specifically about to look into the symbolism of the owl, um, I want to give the call-in number for this show. Feel free to call in at any time. There are no taboo topics on what on earth is happening? There never have been and never will be. So feel free to uh, uh, fire away any questions or comments, and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Uh, the Oracle call-in line is 866-841-1065. Once again, to call into Oracle Broadcasting on what on earth is happening, call the number 866-841-1065. So, in the last hour, we were discussing the symbolism of the owl and how this was related to goddess symbolism as the dark aspect of goddess, of the goddess in general. What the goddess represented throughout uh, antiquity was care, true care. Okay? It represents compassion. It represents the spiritual uh, insight and understanding of true self. The goddess represented um, getting in touch with the higher self. It represented uh, living in natural law with other beings around you because you recognize that as one being suffers, all are suffering. The fundamental unity of all of us uh, makes it a, a deep spiritual understanding that as there is suffering in any, there is suffering in all. Okay? So that is the essence of true compassion. And this is what the original goddess symbolism in the goddess traditions was meant to represent. This is why they often depicted the goddess as a white dove, a pure white color, okay, in, in, in ancient symbolism. The dark aspect of this is about the destruction or waning of care meaning apathy, meaning those who don't have compassion, okay? The qualities of psychopathy, okay, of basically not feeling, of killing the emotions, all right? And that symbol, the main symbol, and the main way that the goddess was used in her, her dark incarnation was through a depiction of a predatory bird that is not pure or white. As a matter of fact, it is dark, and that is the owl. 
So this is why the owl has become a symbol of the dark occult. Okay, and I say dark occult meaning those who use this ancient knowledge that is taken from human antiquity and the mystery traditions, okay, and use it in the modern day in a perverted form, okay, to basically uh, usurp natural law rights, wield mind control, and essentially exhibit control uh, over other people through the subversion of their rights, okay? And uh, that, is, that is basically the traits, th those are basically the traits of the psychopath. They're the traits of those in whom care has been annihilated, true care, all right? The bird is, uh, the, the owl as a bird is used as their symbol also because it is a predatory bird who can see its prey in darkness through its superior vision. Okay, this represents knowledge. Again, the, the saying of the wise owl, who is also the wise old owl, because this knowledge comes from thousands of years ago. It's nothing new. It's actually very ancient. Okay? And the, the, the bird also sees from a higher perspective, not from the ground level, but from a perspective of well above where it is getting ready to pounce and prey. Okay, it was brought to my attention during uh, one of the breaks that uh, owls feed upon rabbits, and rabbits traditionally in symbolism have been used to uh, also represent innocence. Okay, and um, it's also a symbol of um, fear in some traditions. So uh, dark occultists indeed feed on fear and destroy or prey upon innocence. Uh, this is a perfect symbol, as we were talking about in the hour before, for the dark occult in general and uh, the elite of the world who basically have destroyed their own connection with uh, the true goddess uh, of compassion and wisdom and instead choose to be completely of this world and revel in the base uh, materialistic instincts and revel in the fact uh, uh, and take pleasure in the fact that all they basically do is pervert true knowledge and use it as a mechanism for uh, selfish control. And that's what the dark occult is, contrasted with positive forms of occultism that are basically attempting to take this uh, knowledge of the psyche and then distribute it widely and freely to people to the extent that it, it is within our power to do so to those with open minds um, and, uh, and change the fundamental dynamic of this planet into something that... Um, much closer resembles how we were truly intended to live here, namely in, in a spirit of truth, of the vibra vibratory energy of love, and in true human freedom. So with that having been said, let's look deeper into the owl symbolism. We were looking at how this was related to Bohemian Grove, uh, a, a topic which I'm sure many of the listenership of this network knows a lot about. But um, we were looking at the, uh, the, the Grove symbolism, and we were looking at uh, how they use their, their phrase, their motto, weaving spiders come not here, which is basically the opposite of exactly what the Grove is set up and intended to do, which is to act as, as a, um, a networking point for the elite of the world who come and gather on a yearly basis there in uh, the Redwood Groves of California outside of San Francisco to basically make policy decisions that they're going to implement coming up in the, uh, in the future months 
uh, weeks and months ahead. And um, I want to direct everyone to my website at whatonearthishappening.com. There, uh, if you click the radio listen page, um, if you're listening on Oracle, that's fine. You don't have to play anything from the player there. But if you uh, go to the radio listen page by clicking the listen live button on the left-hand side of the site, you'll see on that page where I'll put on uh, shows that I uh, discuss um, something that needs visual representation, uh, I'll put that on the radio listen page for that evening. So uh, if you go to the radio page, you'll see there listed images for tonight's show for March 1st, 2011. And there's a host of images there. They, if you click a, a series of them, uh, they will come up as a, as a slideshow that you can click and uh, go through and follow uh, what we're talking about by visually being able to see a representation of some of the symbolism. So if you go to the website, go to the radio listen page, and under owl symbolism, owl symbolism, okay, we are looking at image number four. That's where we left off in the previous hour. Image number four, the symbol of the owl at, Bohemian, at the Bohemian Grove, saying, weaving spiders come not here. And here we see the owl connected with the moon, Okay, the moon is right behind the owl. Of course, the owl is a night, a nocturnal bird uh, when it does its best uh, hunting. And um, again, the goddess was connected with the moon as well. Th this is the dark incarnation of goddess symbolism. And how they use it at the Bohemian Grove, we'll start to see in images 5 through 8. Okay, in images 5 through 8, we see depictions of the owl at Bohemian Grove. The first two images, five and six, show a ritual setting. And I hear the intro music for this next break, so we'll take a break right there. And we'll jump back into imagery from the Bohemian Grove, specifically owl symbolism. And we come right back after these messages. I'm your host, Mark Passio. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Be right back. Guys. Intel Hub Radio Show. You are listening to the Oracle Broadcasting Network, the home of cutting-edge talk radio. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable light purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $209, and the Berkey Guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Three six five three, or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. The Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network is on a mission to bring you the best in cutting-edge talk radio. 
Oracle Broadcasting is a true beacon of free speech, uncensored news, and relevant information that depends on the support of listeners just like you. You can help us expand our reach and inform the masses. Promote the network by clicking the socialize link on the left-hand side of the oraclebroadcasting.com website. Using the simple tools provided, it is easy to spread the word about Oracle Broadcasting on social networking websites, blogs, news feeds, and many other ways with just one click. You can also help by becoming an Oracle Broadcasting member today. For just $5 a month, you get access to the member stream. It allows you to listen to all of the great shows from Oracle Broadcasting in 128K stereo TV audio quality. To find out more, go to oraclebroadcasting.com. And thank you for listening to the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. Amazon.com has become a leader in online retail. It is a place where people can find and discover virtually anything they want to buy. Amazon offers thousands of products, including books, movies, and music, full range of electronics, computer and office, sports and outdoors, dry storable and organic foods, health and wellness, survival and tactical gear, home and garden, and much more. Amazon not only offers over 10,000 online products, but also operates retail websites and offers programs that enable you to sell your products online. By making your purchases through Amazon.OracleBroadcasting.com, a portion of each purchase goes to the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Find great prices on hard-to-find items and help support Oracle Broadcasting at the same time. That website, again, is Amazon.OracleBroadcasting.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We were talking about the symbolism of the owl as dark goddess symbolism. And before the break, we were getting into how the owl is ritualistically used in uh, Bohemian Grove, the uh, retreat of the one of the retreats of the elite in uh, California, uh, just north of San Francisco. In image number um, five on the section on owl symbolism on my website on the radio listen page, you'll see a uh, depiction of the large owl at Bohemian Grove. Uh, This is like a 30-foot-tall owl that is set up as an altar, and what it represents is this dark incarnation of the goddess. And this also represents uh, something that goes back to ancient rituals from Carthage and uh, the ancient Canaanite rituals that are connected with human sacrifice. What, um, What this represents is what this ritual is actually called is the cremation of care. And as we were talking about, the goddess represents true care in different um, uh, traditions, goddess traditions going back into, ancient, uh, into the ancient human past and human antiquity. Um, the goddess represents the spiritual qualities within us, the understanding of our true nature, not as physical beings, but as spiritual beings having human experience. And it's a, uh, an aspect of compassion. The dark occultists always want to twist and pervert that and then basically destroy 
that quality within an individual. They're, therefore, what they want to do is immolate compassion. They want to burn away someone's compassion or their connection to their emotional compass for true direction, for moral direction in life. That's what our emotions enable us to do. That's why those without a connection to emotions basically uh, either are actual uh, psychopaths without any actual ability to feel emotion. Uh, there's some uh, high estimates of how many people uh, in, in the human species actually do not have the uh, capacity to empathize or to feel uh, emotions and don't have a conscience. The estimates are as high as 4%, which is an extraordinarily high number if you look at it in terms of that would be one in every 25 people you come across. Uh, some more conservative estimates place it at around uh, 1.5 to 2%. Whatever that number happens to be, you can be assured there is a, a, a segment of people that actually uh, do not are born without this capacity, without this normal range of human emotions. And then other people can actually immolate their care and destroy it during their life while living, even though they once did have the capacity to feel it. So these are people who aren't born psychopaths, but they uh, can become psychopathic in nature based on the conditions of their life and how they choose to react and respond to those conditions and uh, who they choose to listen to, uh, what they choose to value, etc., so forth. And this is what this ritual is all ultimately about. It is about immolating the inner child. It's about burning away true care. It's symbolic. This is an absolution ritual or a ritual of forgiveness for these dark occultists. They are basically saying, we are going to act as God and absolve ourselves of all the wrongdoing that we will do during the course of the year when we come together to perform, perform this rite. This is an ancient absolution ritual or ritual of self-forgiveness. That's what this is. And uh, again, for, for some people who don't know me or my work, I was involved in the dark occult in a personal, direct experience. Direct one-on-one -on -one experience. I was involved in dark occult orders in my past for years of my life. I went down into a very deep, dark path, the left-hand path, as they call it in the occult. And I... I uh, gathered with and exchanged ideas with very psychopathic individuals because I was quite psychopathic in those days in my, in my youth. And I uh, basically came to a, uh, a catharsis in spirit and had to face all of the dark, uh, vile aspects of my personality. I, it came to a point in my life where my attitudes and behaviors brought me to the brink of death. And if, there were two ways to go. Uh, as I relate it uh, to people uh, when I talk about this, I could have either wallowed in all of that, uh, th those vile aspects of, of, of what is not true self, all of the lower qualities of consciousness that are, are not about who we really ultimately are, and it's all about identification with the physical and the material. Okay, I could have stayed in that worldly identification, which was making me a sick, a horrific human being, and I would have died, okay? I wouldn't have uh, progressed forward uh, in consciousness in this lifetime. Uh, or I had another direction to go, and that was up from that point, which was about as low as you can get, 
okay, as low as you can go in, as far as consciousness goes. And I chose the latter di- direction, and I chose the latter direction, okay, for as a pun on words, pun intended, okay. I chose to climb that ladder uh, to a higher level of spiritual understanding and a higher spiritual perspective, and that's what helped me to reverse the direction of my life and re- reacquire the care that I had basically burned away through my dealings with dark occultism and, uh, and the people involved in it and uh, saw the true light of compassion and, and reason and true understanding. So that's what this ritual is about, this cremation of care ritual where they immolate a, um, uh, a facsimile of a baby, basically. They, they make a, a, an effigy, okay? They make a representation of a child, and then they float it out onto the water because, again, the goddess is the goddess of waters, okay? It's, it's, it's about birth, okay? It's about innocence, that they're murdering Okay, so this is what this child represents. It's the inner child within us all. And they floated onto this, uh, out on the lake there in front of the owl, and then they light it on fire. Okay? It's the immolation or the cremation of care. That's what it is known as, the cremation of care. And that is exactly what it's doing. It is, it is destroying the essence of care. It's named very appropriately. It's not an innocent uh, play on words or an innocent pun or an innocent uh, psychodrama. That's not what this is about. This is an absolution ritual for the members who are really involved in murder and genocide and uh, depraved sexuality, often pedophilia, you name it. It goes on there. Okay, And they're absolving themselves of their sin by saying we are burning away care and that absolves us. You know, we don't need to face the repercussions of our actions within natural law because we're the elite. We're basically God here, and um, you know, we're we're absolving ourselves of our own sins. Imagine that this hubris uh, of these psychopathic occultists that take takes place in this redwood grove. Okay, so you see some images of this ritual uh, performed out in front of a lake and the stone owl that it is done in front of representing the dark incarnation of the goddess principle, which is basically black care. It is dark care. And yes, there is such a thing, okay? Because if you don't think that these occultists that basically run the game on this planet, if you don't think that they have a variation of care, you're kidding yourself. They wouldn't get up and do the evil that they work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, nonstop, without a breath, without a respite, without a break, okay? If they didn't care about what they're doing, their care may be dark indeed, it may be vile, it may be pure evil, but they have a form of care. And let me tell you something, I've said it on this show in the past, and it's not a very popular opinion or a popular approach. This is why they're so successful at what they do. The, the bulk of humanity who basically underneath their apathy may have a, a good essence, you know, uh, an actual uh, desire underneath to do good. But if you don't care enough to actually put that into action, to put what you know into action or what you feel into action, you're accomplishing nothing. These people say what they're going to do. They hold an intention in their mind. They care enough about it to get it done, and then they actually work 
to do it. They have the combination of intelligence, dark care, and willpower. And putting those three together, dark occultists such as meet at the Bohemian Grove yearly and who are the elitists of the world, the so-called elite. I mean, I, I should use the word so-called because they're the elite of exactly nothing in my estimation. Okay, They're not my elite. They consider themselves the elite. Okay, I think people should not even call them that. I say the so-called elite. But they have a form of, of care. And this makes them a non-dual being. As they think, so they feel, and so they act. That's why they're so successful, and that's why up to this point they've been kicking our rear ends. Hear the intro music. Uh, We'll be uh, right back after these messages, folks. Stay stay with us. Every day you hear the news. As an American citizen, I'm sure you're concerned. You may even feel like you have no control. Of course, you can't control things like natural disasters or the real estate meltdown, but these days, a number of Americans are returning to the practice of being self-reliant by keeping food and water in reserve. That's why you need BeFoodReady. Awesome show, Mark. BeFoodReady.com. Thanks, Bob. Last segment, buddy. You got it, man. (laughs) Hey, and when when you do the intros and outros, if you could say you're listening to What on Earth is Happening, on the Intel Hub radio show broadcasting sure. live at Oracle Broadcast. No problem, man. You got it. Yeah, that that sounds a little bit cleaner for the audience so they don't get confused. You got it. So they know it's a continuation of the show. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And then I'll come in at the last uh, few moments of the show. You got it. Thanks, man. Great show. You can try six meals for free. Log on to BeFoodReady.com. Hey, this is Jack Flood, host of Deadline Live. For years now, I have been cheating the multinational pharma cartels and avoided expensive doctor bills by taking energy products every day. These are the products that the powers that be do not want you to know about and with Codex Alimentarius legislation are actively trying to ban. Why? Because if you take Enerfood, coconut milk powder, and switch to all organic Nutri Cafe coffee and Coco Mojo, you won't need them. Go to enersood.com today to learn more about how a daily inexpensive intake of nature's superfood will increase your immune system by flushing out toxins and how this will increase your energy, stamina, and focus. You know, you can't take on the new world order from your couch. E-N-E-R-S-O-O-D.com or give them a call today. 866-762-9238. 866-762-9238. Tell them Jack Lutz sent you. A welcome U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives. The way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and your family. You see, he predicted the collapse of GM, Penny May, Ready Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Grove Property, a few years ago. In fact, Morales called his work a dire prophecy. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explained that everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www.aceofamerica10.com. Although this video may be effective to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.aceofamerica10.com. 
This is Jack Flood, your radio gun. You're listening to Oracle Broadcasting Network, the home of tyranny-smashing, cutting-edge talk radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on what on earth is happening as part of the Intel Hub radio show here Tuesday night on Oracle Broadcasting. Before the break, we were talking about Bohemian Grove. On my website, in the uh, owl symbolism section on the radio listen page, we were I had directed people's attention to images 5 through 8, which were uh, depictions of the owl at Bohemian Grove. And uh, I'll probably post some... Uh, supplemental information about Bohemian Grove on the uh, podcast page when this podcast goes uh, uh, into the archive on my website in the podcast section. And I'll uh, maybe post some uh, photos of what uh, some of the activity uh, at the Grove looks like and uh, maybe post some, um, uh, some pages with uh, some membership uh, uh, individuals that, uh, that actually participate in uh, the rituals that take part at Bohemian Grove. So uh, just uh, to briefly recap what images 5 through 8 were about, in image 5 you saw the owl illuminated with a fire. Uh, in image 6 you see the lake that it's uh, juxtaposed upon, representing the principle of correspondence, or as above, so below. Um, in image number 7, this is an older photo of uh, this variant of the owl, uh, probably from uh, the, the middle part of the uh, 20th century. And then uh, earlier in the 20th century, we see an older incarnation of the owl there depicted at uh, Bohemian Grove So uh, in image number eight. So let's uh, move forward from uh, uh, Bohemian Grove symbolism specifically to talk about some ways that the owl is used in symbolism that surrounds us in our culture. Uh, in image number nine, we see the owl depicted on the $1 bill. This is uh, much is often made of this. Basically, it's hiding behind a shield represented uh, by the number one there. Okay, And um, this uh, is, a, is a nod to the unity that I was talking about before, that dark occultists share with each other. They are the money masters. They're, they're who they consider the elite of the world and the illuminated of the world, uh, even though they're really no such thing. Um, but they're putting their symbolism there in plain sight. This is the, the adage of hidden in, hidden in plain sight. Uh, the dark occultists like to put their symbolism in places where people would see it but not easily recognize it or understand what it is. Therefore, their attention is directed upon it and it goes into their subconscious mind, but it is never really brought to the surface at the conscious level. And they basically get off on that. They love that. They love that they can throw things right in your face and you won't see it. It's a form, it's a form of occult mockery. Okay? And we'll see other ways that they use that. In image number 10, you see the Mazda emblem, Mazda cars. Okay? And this is astrotheological symbolism here. And specifically, you can easily see that's an owl's face. I mean, if you can't see that, I don't really know how to make it any clearer. Just look at the Mazda symbol. You're looking at an owl right into the face of the owl. Just look at the white space as the head, and uh, these are the eye crests of the owl with the beak and everything, okay? Um, 
this is astrotheological symbolism because Ahura Mazda is a sun, sun uh, solar cult, um, uh, god, myth, tradition. That's what it is. It's a similar tradition that we talked about in the solar cult uh, astrotheological worship that we uh, have already covered on this show in the past when we talked about religion as astrotheology. So uh, Ahura Mazda, just another uh, variant of the same um, solar cult myth god, okay? The same basic variation on this. And here, uh, uh, that is depicted, the name is depicted in conjunction with this owl symbolism. Image number 11 and 12 shows the Frost Bank building in Austin, Texas. And if you look at that Frost Bank building, uh, a center of commerce in the city of Austin, you will see how it clearly is representative of an owl with the eyes and the crest uh, above the head. Um, and you have to look at it from the side of the building, uh, from the corner of the building, I'm sorry. If you look at it from the side, you wouldn't be seeing it, but once you look at it from the corner, from an angle view, you can see how this is clearly the face of an owl, especially when it's lit up at night, as you see there in image number 12. You can see that pretty clearly. Right here in Philadelphia, in the city where I'm from, there's a place called Commerce Square in Center City, Philadelphia. Uh, of course, the square is also one of the favored symbolism of the dark occult. Uh, we'll look at that when we look at Freemasonic symbolism in the coming weeks here on this program. But um, if you look at the uh, image number 13 on the website under owl symbolism, you'll see two buildings, and they have the ears, the pointed ears, like an owl, okay? And if you actually find, this image doesn't show it very well, but if you look at these buildings, there are wings down positioned at the side, like an owl holds its wings at its side. That's what those uh, small uh, juts that come out off to the side of the building, if you look at an angle uh, that shows these head on, you will see that these are on both sides of these buildings, and they're down at the sides just like wings. Both of these buildings are basically symbolic, rudimentary owls. And they're connected with elitism because this is a center of commerce. It's called Commerce Square. All of the banking institutions, specifically the ones that are uh, instrumental to this city, have offices in Commerce Square in Philadelphia's center city. So they use it in, in architecture because basically this is the representation of not caring about anybody but yourself, uh, doing anything for money, doing anything for greed and power and influence and control. That's what the dark goddess symbolism is all about. What they're, what they're doing in Washington, D.C. with this symbolism, uh, the center of, of the, the government of the United States, in images 14 through 16, you'll see this in the owl section uh, of symbolism. And we'll probably stop after these three images and we'll look at dove symbolism and sacrifice symbolism next week on the show, um, we see that the owl is positioned in the district of Columbia, okay, Kalum, the dove. We talked about that before. We'll look at that, the symbolism of the dove next week. But Columbia is what the capital was named after. This is another variant of the goddess specifically the goddess as connected with the dove, because Kalum in French means dove, okay? 
And it's the Congress building is supposed to be about the coming together of the left and right brain hemispheres. It's supposed to be about um, um, helping to lead through example of balance. Congress is another word for sexual union. Okay, It means bringing the masculine together with the feminine or the left brain together with the right brain. It's another way of saying the chemical wedding. Okay, Or as we have seen previous on this show, the balance of the brain hemispheres and the opening of the third eye or the pineal gland, the all-seeing eye. What they're doing here is symbolically depicting this at the top of a 13-leveled pyramid, which the owl here is, is sitting atop. And if you can't see that that's an owl in image number 14, just move on to image number 15, and I actually highlight in red the roads. They actually go flow around the Capitol building. And if you can't see that that's absolutely pointed, deliberate symbolism, that they are surrounding the light incarnation of the goddess, the dome, the sacred feminine breast dome, that is topped by what is supposed to be the goddess representing freedom, or Columbia, mm -hmm. of which the, the, the uh, name Washington, D.C. is named after the District of Columbia, they are putting it into the belly of the dark variant of the goddess, which is dark care. And well, indeed, that Mark, I'm looking at the photo right now. Yes, yes Bob. I'm sorry, I was just going to say, I'm at the website whatonearthishappening.com. If you missed any of tonight's show, you can find the archive there and at our website, the Intel Hub radio.com. Uh, thanks so much, Mark, for another fascinating look at the occult and the symbolism that's right in front of our face. Hidden in plain sight, right there for all to see, but they're mocking you, basically saying, even if you did see right. it, you wouldn't comprehend it. That's right. All right, folks, every Tuesday, second hour of the show, Mark Passio, What on Earth is Happening? I'm Bob Tuscan. On behalf of Shepard Ann Bellis, our executive producer, Alex Thomas, and the entire Oracle Broadcasting family. I thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. Stay tuned to Lee Rogers coming up, Live Free or Die, next on Oracle Broadcasting. And I really enjoyed his take on Alex Jones last night in the Charlie Sheen View scandal. That was an absolutely uh, hard-hitting show. If you missed it, check that out on the archives. And we'll see you tomorrow night with another great show, Paul Divergent, and coming up this week still, Mike Murphy. The list goes on. All of our guests and past guests are at our website, theintelhubradio.com.